0: Well, open your Bibles to Proverbs. I can't really tell you where is. So let's start chapter 1 because we're going to be jumping around a lot tonight. As I think everybody knows, uh, until the Awana year is over, when we start a verse-by-verse study of Proverbs, we're going to spend these weeks talking about different people found in Proverbs. Last week, we started out by talking about the simple, and uh, I talked about the fact that the person described as a simple man in the Bible means someone that is young and or inexperienced. And that's the way we all start out. A child doesn't need to apologize for being a child. That's a stage that they go through, and so that's a normal part of life. And all of us start out uh, as a simple person, young and inexperienced. The problem is it's when we don't move on from there, when we don't grow. And uh, that's not only a problem for us, that creates a problem for all of those that we are associated with because it affects everything we do. Uh, last week, as we ended, I tried to emphasize the fact that, strictly speaking, at least in my way of thinking, as I try to explain the simple man... The simple man, if he never grows out of that, if he never gets beyond that, uh, it's, you know, eventually he remains what he is, but eventually that person becomes a fool. Whenever a person has been instructed, when a person has had the opportunity to learn to grow, and when you can honestly say there's no reason why they could not have, uh, learned, and no reason why they could not have developed and matured, uh, then then it's a fool that rejects the knowledge and the wisdom that it takes to become a wise man. And that's what Proverbs is all about. It's the uh, a contrast between folly and wisdom all through the book. And uh, that's why Solomon warns us so often about... Uh, Uh, Those who practice folly. And so tonight we're going to talk about the fool. That's what we become when we don't learn from our experiences and, and, and our instructions. Uh, We eventually become a fool when we turn our back on the opportunities that we have, and that always leads to misery and to ruin. And so I I want you to picture Solomon here as a father because he takes that approach as he's speaking to his son, and he's speaking to his son in such a way so as to not raise a fool. And certainly none of us want our children to turn out to be fools. And so that was his hope. And by the way, that's God's hope for each and every one of us. Now, I realize that you and I shouldn't you go around, you know, calling people uh, fools. Uh, that That's just, you know, not a appropriate language for us to just call someone a fool. But the fact is, God has the right to do that. God has the right to do that, and God does that. And a fool uh, is someone who practices folly. Uh, I'll never forget what Adrian Rogers said several years ago in regards to trying to describe a, uh, a fool. I met Adrian down in Myrtle, Mississippi many years ago, and he said that, that a fool is a spiritual spiritually insensitive clod who lives for himself apart from the control of God's spirit well that's pretty rough language but that's that's right that's exactly uh, that's exactly uh, what a fool is they, instead of being under the control of God's spirit they live to please themselves they do what they want to do so tonight we're going to consider some facts some facts about fools number 1 look at Chapter 1, verse 7, and the first fact about a fool is that fools reject wisdom and instruction. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, look in verse number 22 also, and notice what it says, that fools hate knowledge. Now, think about it. Instruction leads to knowledge, right? And knowledge leads to wisdom. But the fool despises wisdom, and therefore he rejects instructions. In other words, he refuses to be taught. In some cases, he thinks he knows it all. You've no doubt met people like that. You can't tell them anything because they've already made up their mind uh, that they know it all. In other cases... In other cases, the person might know, they don't know it all. You know, they might admit to that, uh, but they don't care. They are what they are. They don't care. They're, they're proud. I, you know, it's kind of like saying, I'm stupid and proud of it. Well, you know, I, that just doesn't sound very smart to me. I, 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 listen, I've literally, and having known a lot of preachers from the Deep South over the years... I have known a lot of them that bragged about the fact that they didn't have an education. They thought that was some kind of a crown that you wear or an award that you've gained that you didn't get an education. Uh, You know, and it just, again, doesn't sound very smart to me. I think you ought to get all the education you can and act like you didn't. Uh, It probably doesn't make any sense at all, but by that... By that, I mean that you need the knowledge and you need the wisdom gained from an education, but you cannot approach country people as though, you know, you are a college professor and get up there and lecture to them in a monotone voice and expect them to sit and listen to what you've got to say. You know, they, they don't care whether you pronounce all of the words right or not, but the point of it is, we, we need to learn in the fool, even the fool that says, Okay, I admit I don't know it all, but I don't care. I am what I am, and I've met so many people like that. Wisdom would cause us to live contrary to our sinful desires. That's the opposite of what a fool wants to do. He wants to indulge in his sinful desires. And so consequently, he's not going to listen to anybody. So he rejects wisdom and instruction. That's the first fact about a fool. The second fact is that if you look in chapter number 14, and uh, naturally in a study like this, we've got to jump around and we're going to look at several of the verses uh, in Proverbs that speak about fools. And notice chapter 14, verse number 9, "...fools make a mock at sin." So they ridicule righteousness. So, number one, they reject wisdom and instruction. Number two, they ridicule righteousness. It's another way of saying they laugh at sin. Uh, he ridicules the standard of right and wrong. He pokes fun, even slanders those who try to live righteously. And, and, and you mark it down if you work with some of those folks or if you have some as neighbors or you have some of those folks as relatives. And, uh, whenever you try your dead level best to serve God and you start talking about God outside the context of church and so forth and, and, and all of a sudden you're going to find those people becoming indignant that you drag God into the conversation. I was talking to someone here a while back and that had a family get together. And this person, I I don't know how the subject came up, and I won't even go into what the subject was, but a particular subject came up. And so during the course of the conversation, everybody was all right with people throwing opinions and ideas out. But as as soon as this person injected the Scripture into it, all of a sudden everybody's getting mad about it. It's kinda of like Oprah, you know, in her show they get talking about all of the problems facing society and what are we going to do to solve this and and, and and you know, and what's the solution and somebody suggests, Well, you know, the Bible says and, and all of a sudden she says, Oh, well we're not gonna we're not gonna bring we're not gonna bring the Bible into it. Well, anytime you leave the Bible out of it, you don't have any grounds for a firm foundation to discuss anything intelligently. And no one is well-educated. I don't care how many college degrees they've got. Nobody is well-educated unless they're familiar with the Word of God. And so the fool will ridicule those that are striving to live a righteous life. They're going to ridicule you, and they're going to make a mock at sin. You know, I've and, and, and listen, I've laughed at some of those jokes myself because, you know, I grew up, you know, watching Red Skelton and some of those people, you know, and uh, doing the impression of a drunk. And you've got to admit the stuff is funny on one hand, but let, let me tell you, there's we've got to be really careful uh, about even making jokes uh, about, hey, did you hear about the drunk, you know, that's staggering in, or the traveling salesman, or we need to be careful about that kind of stuff. Because even though you might think, okay, I can do that and it doesn't bother me, it's just a matter of humor, innocent humor and not a problem with it, but it might be the person that's listening to you, it might be that they're not a Christian or an immature Christian and it might have a very negative effect on them that you're speaking so lightly of sin. When the Bible says, no drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of God, and that makes it a serious subject. Regardless of whether it's drunkenness or whatever it is, it's serious. We dare not mock at sin. Number three, number three, fools rebel against God. Well, you know, if they ridicule righteousness, and the Bible is a book of righteousness, if they reject wisdom and in instruction, that's naturally where it's going to lead to because the natural result. Of not holding God's Word in high esteem, uh, the end result of that is what? That we're going to be living in rebellion against God. It, it's like people saying, well, you know, I'm not as bad as I could be. I'm, I'm not as bad as so-and-so over there because, you know, they do this and they do that. Listen, any violation of God's righteous standard is serious business. And, and 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 the fool doesn 't care that 's all right with him. He not only will ridicule you for trying to live a righteous life, but he will rebel against God himself now. I don't want you to lose track of where we are, and this is where it gets difficult in a lesson like this, trying to go all the way through Proverbs and look at all Proverbs says about a fool, but I want you to look at several of the characteristics of a fool. We're talking about the man that rejects or rebels against God, and and so let me just kind of start a list here, and I know I could add to it, and you probably hope I could take away from it, but... Uh, These are some of the things that that I've got in mind. Number one, one of the characteristics of of the person that rebels against God is that he's ignorant. Chapter 1, verse 22, fools hate knowledge. Chapter 14, now if you can't follow through, you might want to just jot these down. Chapter 14, verse 7. It says, "...go from the presence of a foolish man, when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge." Chapter 15, verse 7 says, "...the lips of the wise dispense knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so." In, in other words, they're ignorant. Now, they don't have to be that way, but they choose to be that way, right? Because they, they resent righteousness, and they reject God's righteous standards, they rebel against God... And so they remain in their ignorance. Well, I've often said, you know, if, if all there was to sin is that we just affected ourselves and nobody else got affected, you know, that would be bad, but it w- wouldn't be quite so bad if we didn't affect other people. The problem is we always affect others, our children, our, our spouses, or whoever it is. And so that leads, to, that leads to another characteristic of the fool. Not only is he ignorant, he's quarrelsome. Chapter number 18 and verse 6 says, A fool's lips enter into contention. A fool's lips. In other words, he injects himself in every argument, and he's contentious. Chapter 20, verse number 3 says, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. Thank God for the peacemakers, huh? Thank God for those that find a way, uh, to, to not get in, in, in a big fight. But, he says, but every fool will be meddling. I tell you what I've noticed. I've noticed that most of the time those that know the least argue the most. Those that know the least argue the most. It's like, you know, <laughs> They, they they don't know anything, and but they've got an idea, and uh, in order to try to convince you that they know what they're talking about, they want to argue about it. Uh, they don't want to have a Bible study, you know. They don't want to look at it, look at it objectively. They just want to argue about it, and uh, w- whatever the subject is, whatever the occasion is, you know, uh, it, it ends up in an argument and look that that's a horrible thing whenever you consider the effect it has on a family there's some families that th- this is uh, typical I-, I mean you talk about dysfunctional i mean the mother and dad screaming and yelling at the kids and the kids yelling and screaming at mom and dad everybody at each other's throats and arguing i mean if that's not foolish i don't know what is that's no way to settle a difference So he's ignorant and he's quarrelsome. Now look at chapter 29, verse 11. We see that he is unrestrained. The fool is unrestrained. Notice what it says. And you've heard people say how many times? Well, I'm thinking that I might as well say it. Listen to this. A fool uttereth all his mind. Go ahead. Help yourself. If you want to classify yourself as a fool, just say what you think. Yeah, yeah I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking it, you know, so I, I might as well say it. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing about me. I speak my mind. <laughs> so what? I mean, maybe it would be better if you didn't. You don't have to say everything you're thinking, but a fool does just that. A fool uttereth all of his mind. He's thinking it, so he's going to let you know what he's thinking. Not only that, chapter 18, verse 13 tells us he's hasty. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is the, it is folly and shame unto him. I like that. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it. I <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes that over the years I'd kept a little notebook, you know, a little record of the of the of the humor found in as I was preaching the sermon and I was saying something. And somebody would say, you know, I'd be right in the middle of what I was saying. I wasn't through, but right in the middle of it, somebody said, "Amen." And then I had to go on and complete the sentence, which you know made them look kind of foolish. But you know, they they said it'd been better if they would have waited and they would have listened. Well, you know, there's some people in life outside the context of the church that. You know, in, in everyday life, they're that way. They're, they're hasty. They're always jumping to conclusions and uh, uh, speaking up when they ought to be listening. And just they answer a matter before they even hear it, it says. They, they, don't, they don't know the facts, but they've got an answer. You know, they, they know part of what's going on, and they've got an answer. But then in chapter 10, verse 18, and I've got to hurry, it tells us here that they're slanderous. He that uttereth a slander is a fool we We better be careful about how we talk about people, especially God's people. Uh, you, you, you know if, if you if and, and I know you parents feel exactly the same way. You can talk about kids in general all you want, but if you're going to talk about mine. You better mind your P's and Q's if you're going to talk about my kids, because I'm going to take it personal when you do. And you feel exactly the same way, I'm sure. Now, that doesn't mean my kids are always right, by the way. I don't mean that. But I'll tell you what. God that knows how to deal with His children, and God's not at all pleased when we begin slandering His children. And fools do exactly that. They slander others. Then... Chapter 10, verse 18, here's the sixth characteristic. We're still talking about the fact that fools reject God. And here we see they're deceitful. Chapter 10, verse 18, He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. So notice they're hiding their true feelings. They're, they're hiding hatred. You know, uh, well, you know, I, I, I love you and I'll be praying for you. You know, and the reality of it is you hate their guts and you don't even want to think about them all week. You know, that's the fool's approach. And and so they're deceitful. Then they're spiteful. Chapter 15, verse 20. A wise son maketh a glad father. But now listen, a foolish man despiseth his mother. They're spiteful. Despiseth his mother. What a horrible thing that is, and I could talk a lot about that and my shameful ways before I was saved. And number eight, chapter twelve, verse fifteen: They are self-righteous. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. He, he's, remember, he knows it all. I mean, he, he, so he's right in his own eyes. You can't tell him anything. Let me give you one more. Chapter 26, verse 6, he's unreliable. He that sendeth the message by a hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. Now, whenever later on, I'll, I'll deal with that. That's a really interesting verse, and I'll, I'll deal with it. I don't have time to do it now, but but, but you stop and think about it. Let's say two, two parties are at war, right? So, so you've got... One battalion over here, another battalion over here. And so the one decides that there are certain grounds upon which they can strike a, a peace accord. And we can settle all of this conflict. No more, no more injuries, no more death and what have you. And the solution, the solution is all printed out on the letter, signed by the general, and put into the hands of a man who is a fool to deliver to the opposing party. And about halfway there, this fellow sees—he sees a carnival, or whatever it is. I'm just <laughs> struggling to get, put this all together. He sees something that attracts his attention—a good fishing hole. Maybe that'd be better. So he decides he's going to stop. And what difference will a day or two make? And so while he's there enjoying himself, all of a sudden the other party decides it's time to launch an attack. We haven't heard from them, you know, they're probably trying to sneak up on us and ambush us, so they launch an attack. Now notice he that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet. It doesn't get that. It doesn't get done. The the mission isn't completed. And so it's a good lesson for us that whether you're in a business or whatever it is, and we got several men here that are in business and uh, they know very well they cannot afford to put the operations of that business in the hands of somebody that's a fool. They need somebody that's got some wisdom. Well, when it comes to God's work, we need that kind of wisdom. Now, let's get back. Let's get back to the facts about a fool. They reject wisdom and instruction, ridicule righteousness. They rebel against God. And then uh, chapter 15, if you'll go there, we see here they rejoice in sin. Chapter 15, verse 21. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom but of a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Look, it's not enough that this guy is just caught in the clutches of sin, but that's where he wants to be. Now now think about that. Because there are a lot of folks that find themselves through their own foolish ways, they find themselves in a situation they would rather not be in, but they're, they're doing their best to get out of it. But the fool wants to stay right there. This is where he wanted to be. And he revels in his sin. He's reached the place that the Bible talks about those that call evil good and good evil. That's where he's at. His sense of values are totally distorted. Good is evil. Evil is good. That, By the way, that's the kind of world that we're living in like during the time of Judges, you know, where every man did that which was right in his own sight. But remember, there's a, way, there's a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And with the fool, you know, uh, he is rejoicing in his sin, the very thing that will lead to his destruction. Now, number five, the fifth fact about a fool is that fools resist correction, Chapter seventeen, verse number ten. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes to a fool. I'll never forget some years ago I had a one of one of the members of the church that's this that was that the old Northway building over there on Bender Road, and one of the men of the church came to me and said, look, you know, he said, I've really been struggling with some things in my life, and he said, I'm not just saying this, I mean it with all of my heart. He said, I, I want you, and I'm not going into any details, but he said, I I want, I want you to watch me and, you know, how I live, how I behave myself and what have you. And he said, I, I honestly, I want you to come and tell me... uh what I can do to improve and where I'm wrong. And I get off track and, and well, I about fell over. It's not very often that you find somebody that says, I'm all ears, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm, I will pay attention. And, and you, you know, whenever you're, especially when you're close to someone, uh, you're able to sometimes to sit down with them and take a loving approach and deal with kid gloves, and bring something up in a roundabout way maybe, and finally they get the message, oh, Rick Morse is really good at this. <laughs> oh, I know what he's trying to tell me now, yeah. <laughs> uh, and if it's some, coming for somebody that, that loves you and you love them, if you're wise, you'll be tuned in. You'll listen, and you'll learn, and you'll be helped. But the case of the fool here is, notice here, he says, "...whereas a word a word of wisdom will enter into a wise man," he'll learn from it, benefit from it, "...more than a hundred stripes of a fool." You can take him out there to the whipping post and take a cat of nine tails and give him a hundred lashes across his back and a fool will be a fool, you know. I don't care. You, you can beat him all you want. You, you know, that, that's why, listen, that's why our prisons are, are filled with the overflow and we can't build them fast enough. There are people that, regardless of what happened, I know, I know someone right now that's literally dying. And because of their sin, they're dying. And they still refuse to turn from it. I I, I I just don't know how much more foolish than you can get to that. And that brings me to our last point tonight about the fool. The last fact is that fools ruin themselves. Proverbs 10, verse number 8. A prating fool shall fall. Verse 14 of chapter 10. The mouth of the foolish is near, what? Destruction. Now, that, that's more than getting hurt, folks. That's what? That's destruction. Verse 21, notice, fools die. Wow. <laughs> this goes beyond sickness and, you know, the hospital bed and all of that. Fools die. Why? For want of lack of Wisdom. Chapter 18, verse 7, a fool's mouth is his destruction. so many times people want to blame their downfall on other people. If I've heard it one time, I've heard it a thousand times. I'm like I am because I came from a dysfunctional family. Well, join the human race. Who didn't come from a dysfunctional family? Every family is dysfunctional to some extent. None of us do it perfectly. And we make fools out of ourselves whenever we want to lay all of the blame on the doorstep of, of you know, the failure of our family. Or maybe we want to blame society in general or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, uh, we are our own worst enemy. God said about Israel, they have destroyed themselves. And then He goes on and He says, "For a lack of knowledge, they have destroyed themselves." It's like God saying, "I didn't do it." Now, now by the way, God does, God does, and will destroy those that that refuse to turn to Him. But but understand this. God doesn't have to go out of His way and do anything unusual to make you pay for your sins here in this world. You know why? Because sin has its own built-in punishment. God doesn't have to send an angel down there with a big stick in his hand to whack you over the head and make you pay for the sins that you've been committed. Why? Sin has its own built-in punishment. Whenever we resent righteousness... When we reject God's ways, when we rebel against God's authority, and we decide that we're going to do it our way regardless of what anybody else says, the bottom line is we don't have anybody else to blame but ourselves for what happens. The fool does what? The fool brings ruin upon himself. I think about what Solomon said, you know, in another place. Why will a man die before his time? Now, none of us are going to live beyond the time that has been allotted by God, but any of us can die before we get there. That's dying prematurely. You can. I mean, after all, by the way, if God promised that we'll live longer by honoring and obeying our parents, did He not? And the first commandment with promise: You obey, honor your parents, you'll live longer. Well, if you can live longer, you can die sooner. Why will a man die before his time? And the fool does just that. For the fools die for want of wisdom. So I hope you'll stay with us through this journey in Proverbs. And we look at all of these different people, and uh, not all of the messages will be as negative as this, but but, uh, hopefully they'll all be helpful in some way.